Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Uh, we've been talking about Psalms 23 over the last uh, few weeks, two weeks, and, and we're going to continue to um, talk about that. Uh, the, the title of the sermon series is The Lord is My Shepherd. The Lord is My Shepherd. And, and last week, we, we, uh, we went, the first week we went over verse 1, last week we went over verse 2, and today we'll go over verse Three, and I, I hope that, and I pray that you're receiving something um, from this from this song. How many are receiving something new from Psalm 23? Amen, amen. And um, and as I as I'm studying the psalm, it's, it's so you know I've read this even as a as a kid. I've read this and um, excited, praise the Lord, um, about this song. But as I, I've been studying over the last few weeks, it just continues to do something in my spirit. And so let's just jump right into the to, to verse, we're going to read verse 1, 2, and 3, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Praise God. And, and a, a quick little refresher. Um, and before we begin this, let's just pray uh, for, for today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you are perfect in all your ways. Lord, I pray, God, you would speak to us today uh, uh, through the power of your word, which is a living word. We just honor you. We thank you, Lord, for breakthroughs, for healing, for deliverance, for freedom, for restoration in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, a little refresher. Um, Psalms 23, written by King David, the most historic king in the history of Israel. He was a warrior. He was a general. He was a leader, a mighty leader. Uh, the Bible compares him or, or describes him as a man after God's own heart. And uh, before he was king, he was a shepherd. And so he wrote this psalm and, and, and many of the, the portions of the Bible having a, a real good understanding of what a relationship between the shepherd and his sheep looked like. He knew what that relationship looked like and understood also that his relationship with God was God was his shepherd. And that in the grand scheme of things, although he was king, it, he was actually one of God's sheep. And he, he recognizes that. And, and that's why um, what we're talking about this today, like we are God's sheep and we all need a shepherd. I need a shepherd, you need a shepherd. And, and one of the beautiful things about this is that he read, he wrote this about 3,000 years ago. So let's jump right into it. If you could go to the next slide. We're going to really read this again. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And, and you can just leave that up there for a little bit. Because what, what David is recognizing is that, that it's not him who's doing it, right? He's saying it's, it's God. It's God. It's the shepherd. The, the shepherd of all shepherds. It's, the, it's him who makes me lie down. Him who leads me. It's him who restores me. He goes out to say it's him who leads me and says it's all for him. How many can relate to that today in their own lives. Is he leading you? Is it him who's restoring you? 
Because a lot of times, and I, I'll admit this, you know, as the pastor of the church, a lot of times it's not him doing it. It's me trying to get restored. It's me trying to find the green, the green pasture, right? It's me uh, uh, trying to find the still water. And all I'm finding is a raging river because I'm not allowing him to leave me there. So, so we need to come to a place in our walk with God and our journey called life to where we're like, hold up. I've been trying to find a still water, and everywhere I go, I find a, 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 a raging river, or I find a tidal wave instead of still water, and, and that's because you're trying to find it yourself, and we're not being allowed or allowing him to lead us there. We're not allowing the good shepherd, uh, the Holy Spirit, to lead us there, but uh, 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 we need him to do it. It's not you who does it. It's not your best friend. It's not... Your spouse is not your boss. It's not even your pastor. It's it's him. It's the great shepherd. Uh, as we receive Jesus Christ into our life, we receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. And he resides in us. And he's the one who, who's longing to lead us. But we have to let him lead us. We have to give him permission. Uh, we have to give him room. We have to give him access to lead us, to restore us. And this requires trust. And trust requires relationship. Because if I ask you individually in here, if you wanted God's blessing, if I ask you if you want God's favor, I'm pretty sure 99% or 100% of you say, yes, I want his blessing. I want his favor. I, 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 I'll just ask the question, how many want God's favor in their lives? We all want it. Right? We want his favor. We want his blessing. But, but this takes some some intimacy, some trust, and it takes some dialogue with, with the shepherd in order for him to restore us, in order for him to, to lead us. In other words, you have to choose him. You have to let him lead you. You have to allow him to restore you. See, for the most part, God isn't going to grab you and, and throw you at the altar. For the most part. Can it happen? Yes. Everybody's you, everybody's uh, um, encounter with God is unique, right? My encounter is unique. I, I'm not sure how it happened, but I was at the back of a church in Aurora, Illinois. I was about 18 years old. I was sitting in the back of the church, and honestly, I was there because there was a lot of pretty girls there. Right? I was there, especially there was one very, very pretty one who's sitting here today. Right? That's another story. But I was in the back of the church. I was in the back, and, and I wasn't even listening to the preacher. I know he was preaching good, but I wasn't paying attention to him. All I know is that when at the end of the sermon, he got up, and he said, who wants to receive Jesus? And he made an altar call. I don't know what he said, honestly. I just know somehow or somewhere I, I found myself in the front of the altar. I don't know how I made it there. I, 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 all I know is it must have been the Holy Spirit who drug me to the front. right? So he can do that. But, but it's a choice that, that you make. Once I got to the front, and I found myself in the front of the altar in that church. I remember it was an afternoon service. And, and, and I was in the front. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm on my knees. Like, and, and then I, at that point, I just had a conversation with God. How many know that it's important that we have conversations with God? I had a very intimate conversation. God, I'm like 18 years old at the time. And, and, and I was trying to find my way. And and I remember saying, God, if you're real, I need you to do something in my life. I need something to happen right now. I had this conversation with God, and, 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 and 
and the Lord answered my prayer there. I, I don't know how I ended up there, but I ended up there. And I'm telling you that, that God wants to encounter you. The Holy Spirit, more than anything else, he wants to encounter you today. Whether you've been serving God all your life or it's your first time in a church or, or you've maybe perhaps been far from God, I'm here to remind you today that the Holy Spirit wants to encounter you. You, you can be in church and do a ministry and working and serving, but you still need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I need to encounter Him. Sometimes we get so busy with so many things and programs and all that is, is good. But more than all that, the Holy Spirit wants to have a moment with you. You, you have to decide if you want that moment with him. There's all these distractions, all these lies, all these things that steal uh, uh, the truth and the, 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 the beauty of who God is. But more than anything, he wants you to experience him. And I believe he wants to do that today. But you have to become a willing participant, right? You have to, you have to become a willing participant in what God is doing and wants to do in your life. See, because every, I, I believe this with all my heart, God wants to use every person in here, every child, every little baby, every little baby who's in, in somebody's womb right now, if you're pregnant, right? He wants to use all of us in a very unique and powerful way. But it takes you and me being, becoming available to him. Having a conversation, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. God, here I am, change me. And even when everybody else says that you're unchangeable and that you're a lost cause, the Holy Spirit says, I can do it if you let me. Amen. He's faithful. Hallelujah. You know, God wants to take us deeper than, than we have been in, in our relationship with him. And, and I know sometimes we just barely made it to church. We went through so much to get here. But I'm here that you're here today, and I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit wants to do something. He wants, you to, take, he wants to take us from glory to glory, the Bible says. The only thing is that sometimes from glory to glory, it doesn't look like we want it to look sometimes. And, and, or glory to glory doesn't fit our schedule sometimes because we're so busy that we're not willing or able to see that what God, I, what God has is better. I, I will guarantee you this, that no matter how great or, or, or how small your dream for your life may be, it doesn't matter what the size of that thing looks. I will tell you that God's dream for your life is greater, it's better, it's more real than yours could ever be. See, because I had small dreams, right? I had real small dreams, but as I began to submit to God and, and say, here's my little dream, God, right? Here's my little dream. He showed me the church, he showed me five people. I said, that's good, I'll dream for five people, right? But God has something greater, right? He had all of you guys, right? And there's more, and there's more, but it's not it's just my dream. It's his dream for my life, right? And I'm telling you, it's not just your dream. Your dream is too small for what God wants to do. I'll just tell you this. It's better, it's greater, it's more powerful if you're given room to do what he wants. I will guarantee you this. It will not look the way you want it to look. But I will guarantee you this. It will look better than you ever dreamed. How many know that we serve a powerful God? We serve a God who restores us, who, who puts us back together in our own brokenness, right? Because we all have some brokenness, and, and we need somebody to put us together. And the Bible compares 
uh, uh, God the Father is the potter. He puts us back together and he shapes us in the way we were intended to be shaped. I don't know about you, but I need the potter to do some shaping and some adjusting in my life today. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. And he wants to take us deeper. But it, it takes you making that decision. And Jesus said it in this way. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, he says, If anyone wishes to come after me, and we should have the scripture up there. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. It's about losing your life. It's about dying to self. And, and, and I read this, heard this quote this week where Bill Johnson says this. He says, God really wants you to know that you live by dying. You don't live by working harder at living, but you got to die. Some stuff has to die inside of you in order for you to live what God has called you to live. And I wanted to kind of take that quote and make it my own because I thought there was a better way to write it, but I, it struck me that I just, I just put what, what Bill Johnson says. And sometimes we want to live and have this lavish life, but the way it happens is by dying to self. It's by letting some stuff go. It's by trusting God. It's not by working harder. It's not by striving. Sometimes we're striving and we're trying to do so much and, and trying to please so many people. And that's that's not the way to it. The way is by dying to self. Saying, and if you don't know what some of those things are saying, having that kind of God, what is it that needs to die in me? What is it that you get to know who God is, you get to kill those things yourself. Say, God, I don't, I don't, I don't need that anymore. I don't need that. That's not part of who all of a sudden you 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 you're not cursing like you used to curse, right? Because that needs to die, right? You're not lusting or or, 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 or or feeling this jealousy or this anger, all these things that we go through in life, all of a sudden that begins to die as we begin to understand and realize who and how great he is. And this takes a new mindset that we will be able to deny ourselves, deny what this flesh wants, and we begin to trust in God. So how do we... How do we, how do we kill, kill self? We trust him. And we trust him by spending time with him. And we trust, and when we kill self by when we treasure God's word and, and allow his word to begin to transform our lives. That's why it's so important that we, we actually open the Bible. It's so important that we, you know, if you're part of this church, that you would uh, join a reach group where, where there's people just like you with the same struggles, right? That we're walking this walk together, right? Then I can open up to a brother and say, man, I'm going through it, man. God, or, or go to a brother and say, man, my, my marriage is going through a situation and, and, and I need help. And we can pray together, right? We can open the Bible and say, what does the Bible say about this? Because understand that the Bible has the answer to every question you have. There's no other book like the Bible. All you need is a little bit of faith. That's that trust we're talking about. A little bit of time with the Holy Spirit and the ability to, to receive his word. That's enough to sustain you. Not only to sustain you, but to take you to the next level. 
How many want to go to the next level in 2019? Amen. We got to begin to trust God. Even when it doesn't look good. Even when it goes against everything that you know. See, because God is, 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 he knows what you don't know. And so it's a matter of trusting him. A story I heard that really impacted me was a, a pastor in India, he was sleeping. And he lived out in the jungle and he was sleeping. And, and it was like one o'clock in the morning and he felt the Holy Spirit wake him up. And he was tired, but again, he felt the Holy Spirit waking him up. And so he woke up and he said, God, what do you want? And he felt the Holy Spirit say, run. He was like, run. He's tired, and he heard the Holy Spirit in his heart say, run. Run. How many have been woken up by the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, pray for it. We'll pray for you that the Holy Spirit would wake you up at night. Well, this pastor, he's like, he's, he's, he's thinking, because when he wakes you up, you may think you're losing your mind, right? So this pastor said, okay, Holy Spirit, you want me to run? He said, this, I must be going crazy. So he went back to sleep. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, get up and run. So he got up, quietly didn't want to wake up his family. He started running through the jungle. He's running, and he's like, I'm losing my mind. He's thinking, I'm, I'm crazy. He said, but he felt this so strong that he kept running. Didn't know what direction. He said he would look and see a tree, run to that tree, he run to that tree. As he was getting to that tree, run to that other tree. All of a sudden, as he's running, he finds this open field. And in the open field, there's only about two trees. And, and something said, run to those trees. So he ran to the trees. And when he got to the trees, he stopped. And he's like, okay, what am I doing now? Thinking that he's crazy. Because when you're serving God, you've got to be willing to do some things that are a little bit crazy. Right? Especially when everybody's against you. It might be God saying, I'm for you. Right? So he gets to these two trees. He says, now what? He's still breathing hard because he was running hard. And the Holy Spirit says, start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, there's nobody here. He said, start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he starts preaching how Jesus uh, came down from heaven and how Jesus uh, died on the cross for our sins so we would have life and have life abundantly. And also he just be begins to preach with all his heart. And, and as he finishes preaching, he's like wondering what's going on. He hears somebody in the tree. And he looks up. And this man comes down crying. And he's got a, a rope in his hand because he was going to hang himself that night. Begins to cry. He says, I need that Jesus you just talked about. Gets on his knees and he gives his life to Jesus. Amen. I share that story for two reasons. Because maybe you're the guy up in the tree, right? Who's got a rope. And what next, right? Or maybe you're the one that the Holy Spirit's waking up, saying, I need you to go preach the gospel. I need you to run to a corner. I need you to run to somebody's house. I need you to run to the hospital and preach the gospel. But I know either one, God is calling you. He's calling me for more. We want next level, but this takes, and there's a price to pay as we begin to discover what he wants and and, 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 and I'm going to pray. Let's pray right now. I'm going to pray just that God will begin to wake us up. Right? That the Holy Spirit will wake us up. Holy Spirit of God, we just come to you, God, right now. Lord, I pray for every person in this house, Lord. God, whether we understand it or not, God. Oh, that you, Lord, would have free reign. Lord, that you would 
uh, uh, do what you want to do. We make ourselves available, even at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, that you would wake us up, God, to pray for someone, to intercede, to battle, hallelujah, for someone, for a child, for our own home, for our marriages, for our community and our city. I thank you, God, that this week, Lord, your Holy Spirit, you would wake us up, Lord, and we would be obedient to that call. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may say, man, that's crazy. I, I'm not ready to be woken up. Well, we'll pray for you, right? If you didn't pray the prayer, it's okay. But we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will wake you up. Because brothers and sisters, a lot of times we take it lightly, but this is a matter of life and death. Just like we saw that man. Let's keep going to, um, to, to the Psalms, that verse 3. It says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. Understand that this world, that, that the devil has stolen some things from your life. That's what he's here. He's, to kill. he's here to kill, to destroy, uh, to steal from us. And there's things that have been stolen from you. There's things that have been stolen from me. But we see here that, that David says, he restores my soul. And to restore, it means to repair. It means to renovate. It means to return to a former condition. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is able to restore your soul. He's able to restore your soul. And we need to pray for that. We need to say, Holy Spirit, restore my soul. Sometimes there's things that the enemy begins to steal little by little. We don't even realize that it's being stolen from us. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in this depressed state, in this condition where we don't even want to go forward. Where people say, how are you doing? You say, I'm great. But inside, you're doing horrible, right? You're empty and, and tired. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you right now that God's word is one of the ways that he restores your soul. So there's tons of books you can read and spend time on. On, on social media and all these things and, and get inspired, but but there's only one thing that's capable of restoring your soul and it's God's word. Amen. It's his word. If you begin to read that, you put that up, he restores my soul. And you start to say that in your day, let me tell you, you're going to have a better day. No matter what happens. He leads me, right? In the paths of righteousness. What does that mean, right? Righteousness, it means that you're living in a way that pleases God. Uh, some people say it's living right standing before God. Uh, living according to his will and not your will. That's the path of righteousness is when we're able to say, even though I, I used to walk down this way, and part of me may still want to go, I'm not going that way because he's leading me in this way, right? Even though I used to do that, right? Even though I used to feel good, I'm not doing it anymore because he's leading me in a new path, yeah. right? Even though I used to talk like that, I'm not talking like that no more because he's leading me down a new path, right? Even though I used to look at that stuff, I'm not doing it no more because he's leading me down a new path of righteousness that goes against my will, right? But it is for and for his will. And when we begin to walk like that, and all of a sudden think like that, and our mind begins to change, he begins to restore us, right? He restores us, and, and, and we need to be restored, regardless of, see, there's no seniority here, brothers and sisters, in the kingdom. 
It's really about him. And, and as you get to know him, you discover a, a, a peace that surpasses your understanding. You, 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 you actually experience provision like you never have. You experience power from the Holy Spirit. Hope, and the greatest of all, is true love. True love. See, 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 whether you had a Valentine this week or not, it's not that important. See, because whether you receive the gift or not, whether you have a Valentine, I'll tell you what, your Valentine cannot fill that part of your heart that only God can fill. I'm not against you know, loving on your spouse. Or, uh, yeah, we, we need to do that. And, 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 but there's a part of you, there's a part of me that your spouse could never fill. Right? That your Valentine could never fill. In fact, there's people out there who, who got real upset and sad this week, and, and I understand that. I, I understand you can get sad and feel left out and feel all these things, uh, uh, but I'll tell you, there's also some people who had a Valentine who were better off without it. Right? There's some people, I just got to have somebody. You're better off with nobody right now, because that somebody's just taking you down the wrong path. So sometimes we got to check ourselves. Like It's not about just having somebody. It's about having the right person that God is leading me to be with. So there were some people depressed because they didn't have a Valentine. But let me tell you, there were some people who were even more depressed who had a Valentine. So if you didn't have one, praise God. If you had the right one, praise God too. If you had the wrong one, it's time to check yourself. So a lot of times, you know, you see people, oh, and you're like, that's probably not the person, right? It's probably not the person. But these are the things we got to take to the Lord, right? Because there's not enough gifts, there's not enough kisses, there's not enough sex or attention that will fill the place that only God can fill in your life. I got a, a wonderful wife, and then we have a great marriage, and, and God has been good. It's not a perfect marriage, but but it, slowly but surely, God has made it a godly marriage, right? But there's some things that she can't fill in my life. There's things in my heart, right, that are, there's things in her heart that I could never, ever fill. I wasn't, in, I wasn't intended to, to be the source, right? She's not intended to be the source. And sometimes we put pressure on our spouse, right, to fill all these needs when they weren't intended. When there's a God, there's a Holy Spirit, right, that provides a love that she could never provide. Now, when we're both in love with Jesus, and believe me, it's powerful, right? It's powerful. But there's still some things that only God fulfills. The beautiful part about it, in John 4.19, it says this. Simple verse. We love because he first loved. Because he loved us first, we can love. And as we discover his love, because the Bible says that God is love. It's the essence of who he is. I, that just blows my mind when I think about the essence of God. Of all the things he is, he's so many things, but the greatest is he's love, right? We all want to feel love. We were created to, to, to want love. Sometimes we look and, and find it in all the wrong places. But you really can't love until you discover him. And as we discover him, we'll be able to love, right? Not, even, not just the ones that, we, that love us back, 
when we begin to love our enemies, those who are against us, we can pray for them, and it can be real when we love God. So church, can we just stand today? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not for my titles, not for my accolades or, or awards, but if it's all for his name's sake, that his name will be glorified, that his name will be lifted up. And so for that, we lift up your name in this place. We lift up the name of Jesus in this house. We lift up the name of Jesus in our hearts, our minds, today. We give you glory, we give you thanks, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.